0: This is basically uh, the area on the upper left, the Palmer Peninsula, where I visited. But uh, what I'm going to show are the pre-Diluvian maps of Antarctica and the curious polygonal architecture underwater ruins around the world. Starting with these maps, uh, during the Age of Discovery, show the uh, world e- exploration, a knowledge of, of the physical boundaries of the planet. In some cases, even with mapping highlights that are still being discovered to this day, some of the islands in a couple of those bays of Antarctica, you can see on the map on the left, which is a map that came out just before my trip down there uh, about six years ago. And this was showing where parts of Antarctica are warming up in red, including where I was visiting in the northern tip of the Palmer Peninsula. And indeed, there was ample signs that the weather was changing, weather patterns were changing. But what's so remarkable, Mother Nature in her infinite wisdom has also (laughs) cooled down parts of Antarctica. What you're looking at in the two miles deep of the polar plateau of Antarctica is the largest amount of fresh water on the planet. If this continent were ever to melt and Antarctica would flow into the sea, then you would have catastrophic sea level rises. But in her infinite wisdom, Mother Nature has balanced it out. And that's why you have places like Miami Beach or... Santa Cruz, California, where I was a year ago, still just right at sea level. All right, let's jump into it. I am a cartographer myself. I draw maps uh, for several of my books, the Sacred Places series of books. And it's always that with cartography, you read a map. Yes, there are words on the map. Yes, there is uh, different aspects of a map in which we interpret the landmass so cartography is one of the oldest professions and it was a profession because in the age of discovery first thing any pirate would do when they captured a ship is get into the captain's lockbox and steal their maps and oftentimes these maps were copied Hand over fist. So just a little bit more about Antarctica, because it is such a different, weird world down there. You have uh, 1,350 active volcanoes worldwide, but one-third of them uh, erupting some point in recorded history. The reason I'm bringing up volcanoes is because Antarctica is the most volcanically active continent in the world. And indeed, just like off of the Big Island of Hawaii, the Loai Seamount is an underwater volcano that is rising to the surface. You have a lot of volcanism activity in Antarctica, which has the propensity to create new lands. And this is where I was in a section off of the Palmer Peninsula. And when I was touring the Palmer Base. Only because I'm an American and and two other people I were with were Americans. We're 11 poles and three Americans on our ship. We were able to go into the Palmer Station base. Normally, they don't want uh, tour boats or cruise ships to come aboard. But I kept insisting, I'm an American taxpayer. You got to let me come. I, I see Palmer Base. And when I was in there... Uh, we were getting tour of the facility, and when we were in the galley, our guide, the uh, manager of the base, said, take a picture of that picture on the upper left. So I did, and he said, I'll show you why when we go outside. And when we went outside, he said, take a picture and look out there. You see that island on the lower right is called Pie Island. And only um, a few years before we got there, the – ice bridge connecting pie island to anvers island melted and broke off revealing for the first time that there was this island out there <laughs> and if you see the uh, painting on the upper left this was done in mid 1980s they didn't even know it existed right there across from the palmer base so my point here is to show that there are new mat- land masses now coming into view, whereas only a few short decades ago, they were still covered nice. And we'll see how important that is when we get to the Peary Reefs and other maps, which depict islands under the ice shelves that could still possibly uh, hold new landforms that have yet to be discovered. And so some of those uh, landforms are coming up from volcanoes, as you say. But um, considering that these islands were only exposed before, before the last ice age, the peri map is likely drawn from a source map seventeen to 12,000 years ago, making the case for it to be antediluvian. And... The very famous book by Charles Hapgood, who is the author of Maps of the Ancient Sea Kings, Evidence of Advanced Civilization in the Ice, mainly concerns itself with the Piri Reese map, which you can see on the cover there. Uh, It does contain several of the other maps I'm going to show you here in a minute. But the Piri Reese map is just incredible. Here it is in its entirety. Uh, the original map was drawn in 1513 from a source map much older. And it says so right there in the liner notes on the lower left hand side, where it says that there are 20 maps and charts referenced in these notations. Eight were from the Ptolemaic <speaking Korean> Age, uh, maps of the known world according to Hellenistic or Greek culture in the 4th century AD. But there's even reference to the maps being much older, those source maps in which Admiral Perry Reese drew this famous map from. Here you can clearly see the outline of South America and some of the data points and this super civilization that would have existed over 4,000 years ago would have been congruent with ancient Egypt It's now known that the ancient Egyptians were incredible mariners making their way to the land of Punt where they would uh, excavate gold and other minerals. In the tomb of King Tut was found a boomerang, the same kind of boomerang that was used and still used by Australian aboriginals. The only two places in the world where boomerangs have been found are in the Tomb of Pharaohs and in Australia. So the Piri-Reese map depicts Antarctica not having ice. Maybe a very large comet of ice hit Antarctica and basically pulled the ice and snow right off the top of that large landmass. But uh, we'll never. that would never explain how it got ice and snow so fast. Because clearly, um, in the time of Piri-Reese, Antarctica was very similar to what it is now because the polar plateau of Antarctica, it takes many, many years, centuries, even millennia, to accumulate even um, a quarter mile of ice. So that polar plateau of Antarctica has been around for a very long time. And here is how the Piri-Reese map depicts Antarctica. So uh, if we were using the Mercator projection, the methodology uh, not used by other cartographers until the 16th century, so interesting how it could depict islands that are deep under the ice and are only now being discovered, such as Pie Island that I showed earlier. If we were to look at Antarctica without the ice, you can see some of those islands in the Ross Bay that uh, are depicted on the Perry-Reese map. So let me just flip back, but keep an eye on the uh, bay there and then the Palmer Peninsula. The Palmer Peninsula extending up to the left, and in the middle of the bay you see that large island. And then here in the map where it's completely covered with a glacial ice shelf is a very large island, even somewhat similar in shape and size to the one depicted in the Piri Reese map. So you don't even have the first mariners setting foot on continental landmass of Antarctica until after they read... Captain James Cook's account of circumnavigating the Southern Ocean in a map I will show you in a moment. Uh, and he wrote his, in his diary that got published about how rich the seas were in seal and whale life. And that inspired merchant marines to come down to seek their fortune by hunting these, uh, these mammals of the ocean. And uh nearly wiping some of them out to extinction. Here's another view of what Antarctica would look like without ice on it. And these are uh the source map of the Perry Reese, as I mentioned, has other source maps from pre-Hellenic times, so before Christ, or possibly as early as the last ice age um, before the great freeze came over. If there was mariners who got down there, perhaps they were viewing Antarctica when it had far less ice on it before the last ice age began. So that could be seventeen to 12,000 years ago. So let's just take a little journey through some of these earliest maps. The Martin Walls Mueller world map from 1507 is the first map to depict the entire Western Hemisphere. So now you have a map maker going against Christopher Columbus's view that he had discovered the islands off of India. And on the Waldus Mueller map, you have the very first reference of America. So if you see the blow up on the lower right, That's where the entire North and South America and Central America got its name. Where is that located? Way down in southern Patagonia. That was the original naming of America. Actually, it was just the signature of Amerigo Vespucci, who is also an explorer and cartographer who just put his signature on this map. And because this particular map started to show the New World, it had become a very prized item and often copied. So look at this. In 1507, and this is just uh, less than a decade before the piri Reese map, you're starting to get a pretty good idea of all the world's landmasses, including, if you look below Africa, uh, around south of Madagascar, you can see some southern continents. The Finney map, when uh, put over the ice sheets and some of the glaciers, is a pretty fairly accurate depiction of that continent. So if we look at the southern icy ocean as described by Captain Cook, his circumnavigation in the years 1768 to 1771 in a ship called the Resolution. And if you were able to blow up on this map, they even show the chart he took. He went up to the South Pacific, came back down again, did a loop around the entire Southern Ocean, but never set sight on the continent. So he goes back to Britain and turned in his findings And they're always updating their maps at that time. And now what do you see? Antarctica finally disappears. Now it doesn't exist. Because Captain Cook never set foot on the continent. But he did say that there was a huge amount of riches in the form of seals and whale blubbers. And, And those were the merchant marines after reading his descriptions of the Southern Ocean. We're the actual founders of Antarctica. Now, I came across this map. This is one of those school maps. that Remember, they pull down and wrap up. You can see quite clearly on the upper right, Terra del Fuego, the Straits of Magellan. All of that is very accurate in 1940. This is less than 100 years ago. But look at how vague the Antarctica landmass is. They had no idea. That's just a guess. Uh, and as well as the Palmer Peninsula. There are several points where they say there are channels that go through, but there are not. The Palmer Peninsula is actually part of the continental landmass that connects all the way through. Another interesting note on this map is the flight of Admiral Byrd on November 19th, 1929, the very first Light over the south pole and he most certainly had sighted the giant hole under the ice there too because then during operation high jump he went back and that's when in his diary he wrote about going into the hole in the ice and if we look at the planetary grid with all the ancient sites and sacred places around the world in there uh antarctica again is missing but um This will just show you how many places were founded along this grid line network of sacred temples along a planetary grid.